0: This is Rose Namajunas, UFC fighter. I'm going to play Amazing Grace.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
0: Martial arts world on its axis tonight. Were well, you one of the most exciting fighters in the division, and now you got another victory under your belt? The rest of the division doesn't matter to me. It's only who's standing in front of me. So whoever's next, come get it.
1: Eunice is one of those people that could have probably done anything in life she wanted to. I mean you just heard her on the piano. That's not bad for a professional athlete right? Not bad for anyone. Most people would be really happy to focus solely on art or athletics but Rose well she isn't most people. Her interests are wide-ranging and she pursues everything she cares about with intensity. She's passionate about sustainable housing and farming traveling as far as Indonesia to build energy-efficient homes. She frequently live streams prayers to her thousands of fans. She's also a powerful advocate for mental health awareness. And somehow, while juggling all of that, she's become one of the best strawweights the UFC has ever seen. How did this remarkable person end up dedicating her skills and passions to fighting when it's clear she could have done just about anything she wanted? Well, Rose told me in our conversations that she is a living study of a long-standing question about what shapes a person, nature or nurture.
0: The nature is why it was inevitable for me to start martial arts. But then the nurture is what kept me being a fighter. It keeps pulling me back. On one hand,
1: her competitive nature, focus, and God-given athletic talents meant a career as a professional athlete was well within reach. On the other hand, the difficult conditions she grew up navigating and the people who lifted her up, from her mother to her sparring partners, impacted her too. So, how exactly did Rose get here? Well, let's find out. I'm Megan O'Levy. This is Becoming a Fighter. The story of how Rose Namajunas became a fighter begins well before her own birth. Her parents immigrated to the U.S. from Lithuania, where her father was a fighter too, both literally and figuratively.
0: My father, who is passed away now, but he was really like sort of involved, as far as I know, involved in like the freedom movement in Lithuania at the time, where they were all trying to gain independence from the Soviet Union. He was just a huge freedom loving person, very artistic, a very talented artist. He wrestled for most of his life and he wrestled under the Soviet Union team and stuff like that. And he was multi-time champion in the country and everything like that. So he was also small and but really flexible and nobody could pin him because he just had like double jointed shoulders, you know. So yeah, um, I feel like he passed that down to me as well. Although my shoulders are not that flexible. <laughs> Rose's
1: father always dreamed big. So perhaps his biggest fight was one for his family. He managed to lead them out of the USSR in hopes of something better.
0: It became his dream to come to America and escape the Communist Party. And so he found a way to get refugee status in Milwaukee. And so they gave us like, you know, some help to come here.
1: Rose was born in Milwaukee, but she considers her Lithuanian heritage a badge of honor. She says it plays a huge part in who she is today.
0: There's so many things about my personality that I could only attribute to my Lithuanian heritage. And you know, maybe it comes from somewhere else, but I mean, it it really makes sense. We're a small country, but we're very mighty. And I think that's, I kind of feel that same way myself. (laughs) Sometimes I feel strong, but I feel mighty. And then I'm really good at basketball for some reason, so (laughs) every Lithuanian is good at basketball.
1: Rose's family may have escaped communism, but the inner city of Milwaukee presented its own set of struggles. Her neighborhood was tough. She once saw someone she knew get stabbed to death. Her family garage was burnt down. She would hear gunshots outside her home. That's a lot for a young kid to take in
0: was a lot of crazy stuff growing up but at the same time you know I think what was sort of felt normal was finding the positivity through all that and and finding the fun and all the chaos definitely put a lot of worry and anxiety and like you know fear into my heart just being aware of certain things right like of like if we seen a white van ride around the the block too many times we'd be like all right everybody get inside the vibe that I get It's just a very eerie, creepy vibes. There was a girl that we knew got kidnapped. I mean, the school I went to was right across the street from Jeffrey Dahmer, where he used to live. So it's like, this isn't normal. But at the same time, like, I didn't know any different. It helped, I guess, develop those instinctual qualities in, in fighting for me because it allowed me to sense when danger is afoot, you know? So it's one of those things where... It was bad, but good, right? Because it allowed me to be very instinctual and trust my trust my instincts like if we're safe or not.
1: Growing up in this environment was exhausting, but Rose didn't truly know how stressful it was until much later. Her parents struggled too. they actually wound up splitting up. And Rose and her dad didn't have a great relationship, but her mom and her stepdad helped navigate her childhood. Both pushed her to cultivate all parts of her many talents. Rose's stepdad put her in taekwondo at an early age. He thought keeping her busy would be a good way to stay out of trouble.
0: My stepfather like thought it was a good idea to put us into martial arts from a very young age to keep us from sitting around and, you know, getting around the wrong type of people and then like, you know, just obviously martial arts has that constructive learning environment where you learn respect, self-control, all these things. It obviously was a good decision it was really rough like when we first started like I didn't know any better you know like kids are super resilient if you don't tell them what life should be like they just assume that this is it we would be in butterfly splits and they would like push our legs down then we'd cry and then they move on to the next person and you just watch like we'd be all in the line and you'd be watching them go from person to person and be like oh I'm next I'm next ah." (laughs) that was tough but there was a lot of fun times I think it also gave me an escape from, you know, just regular life. Rose's mother made sure her daughter nurtured her artistic side as well. When my mom and dad got refugee status in the States, it was through the church. She started going to school to become a nurse and and she started doing like the sort of internship sort of things. And then she was also playing for the church. So that's how she provided for us with her musical talents. And so she was my piano teacher to start with. And then like, as I got older, it was like, you know, it's like, it's hard to learn from your parents, you know, like, you know, when you're going through different stages. And so she sent me to different piano teachers and things like that. Piano wasn't the only thing Rose learned from her mother. I always saw how hard she worked. I'm fighting for that and I'm fighting for, you know, just the rest of my family and because of just all the sacrifices she made. And she's super inspiring because I mean, she took us to America, like not really speaking the language and just like moving to another country. Like I'm just thinking like back, you know, basically younger than I am right now. Like if I had, you know, two kids and was in another country, like that would be so crazy. Rose had a lot on her plate.
1: She was working hard in school, in martial arts and just trying to survive. And she knew how much her family had sacrificed for the chances she had she felt a lot of pressure to succeed.
0: It definitely was chaotic and busy all the time and just not much sitting around. You never could just like let loose and just feel comfortable. But overall, I think I grew to embrace that and really, I mean, I guess that kind of flew well with my personality just because I was always like naturally just a busybody myself. Rose and her family did everything they could to keep Rose out of trouble but Trouble had a way of
1: finding Rose, even in kindergarten.
0: One of my first little fights that I had was in kindergarten, a little girl I asked to like borrow the stapler for my projects. I'm trying to get stuff done. You know me, I'm trying to get my, <laughs> I'm diligent, I'm working. And this girl, like, I remember she was notorious for being like, she was a bad girl. She was always just causing trouble. And um, I asked for the stapler and she said, no, And she, I don't know why. She didn't want to share the stapler. And yeah, she hit me upside the head with the stapler. So I just like jumped on her. I had a little anger problem. <laughs> That's just Rose in a nutshell. If people had just
1: left her alone, we may be talking about Rose Namajunas, concert pianist. But, fortunately for you and me, she had to learn how to kick people's asses, too. Rose was all of nine years old when she got her junior black belt in Taekwondo. From there, she moved on to practicing other disciplines, like karate and weapons fighting. And she excelled at all of them. But turning that skill into some kind of career was not yet on her radar. Rose couldn't even picture getting out of her neighborhood, let alone one day traveling the
0: world as a UFC fighter. I didn't have the time to even postulate like, oh, what is life like outside of here? (laughs) You know, even though sometimes like when I did go to a school where people this is like early on before I went to like the more rougher schools where there was other kids that had maybe a little more. I guess, fortunate upbringing and stuff. But, you know, I would hear that they would go to like Disney World or they would go to this or that and then like for for vacation and I'm like, we ain't never been nowhere. (laughs) Rose filled her days with piano lessons, martial arts practice, and the occasional
1: episode of Dragon Ball Z. Neighborhood kids saw the tiny, serious Lithuanian kid as an easy target. But she was starting to learn how to defend herself. And then she started to earn a bit of a reputation as someone not to be fucked with. And thus came the creation of her iconic nickname and alter ego. How
0: did they come up with this name? Like, do you remember
1: them calling you Thug Rose?
0: Yeah, I actually remember like where I was on the corner. (laughs) Like I was walking down the street and like Erica, being on a porch and saying, "Oh, there goes thug girl's right there." <laughs> Y'all don't even know that's her right there. She bad. <laughs> and so I was started to like get a little bigger, get a little stronger even though like people may be trying to take advantage of me or just whatever or assuming that, you know, I'm just some little little white girl that can't really do nothing. <laughs> like I'm weak and feeble, but little do they know that I'm like a Lithuanian savage. <laughs> By
1: the time high school started, Thug Rose had the street cred she needed to navigate her surroundings. But school was a different challenge. However, she found some positive influences pursuing her new passion, cross-country running.
0: I fortunately got around better influences and joined the cross-country team and seeing, you know, my peers that were a lot older than me were very passionate and very self-driven to just not relying on the adults to guide them. Getting good grades can be cool, you know? Like, you don't have to, like, make yourself feel dumb just to fit in, and you don't have to, like, break glass or, you know, just do destructive things, do graffiti and all these things. Like, there's not one way to be cool, right? Like, you can be, instead of destructive, you could be creative to be cool.
1: Rose realized she could forge a path of her own, getting inspiration from others, but doing things her own way. So she bet on herself and doubled down in athletics.
0: I was really focused on, you know, running cross country track and basketball. Like that was kind of my trifecta of like, I'm gonna get a college scholarship. That's when I started thinking about, I'm gonna get out of here. Like that was like my real moment in time in my life where I really thought, okay, exit strategy, right? (laughs) And so this is after I started training at uh, Duke Rufus' gym in Milwaukee. And I started getting introduced to different martial arts and kickboxing and MMA and grappling and all these things. Rose spent her entire
1: childhood battling between the person she wanted to be and dealing with her environment. But throughout that time, she knew one thing, she liked to fight. But not until she stepped foot into Duke Rufus' gym did she realize that her passion for fighting would turn out to be her ticket out of Milwaukee. Rose first walked into Duke Rufus' gym at age 14. Since Rose hadn't proven herself yet, she had to take classes with other members at first. So if you grew up in Milwaukee in the 2000s and you have a memory of getting your ass kicked by a 14-year-old girl, it was probably Rose.
0: So I originally started training at the gym. I think I was like 14. And then I mostly did the kickboxing. And then that was kind of like, I was doing a bunch of different things at that time with like sports and stuff. So I was like, just doing it as a hobby. So even as a high schooler,
1: this MMA thing was just a hobby. Cross-country running was her real ticket out of Milwaukee, right?
0: I started to realize that I didn't really love running the way that I loved martial arts, right? It was like, I'm running a race and I'm like looking at the person next to me. I'm like, oh, but I could just punch you in the face right now.
1: <laughs> well, instead of punching fellow runners in the face, Rose decided to get more serious about martial arts. So she did what any other normal 17-year-old girl would do. She joined the all-boys wrestling team.
0: So wrestling started becoming a big part of MMA, like, oh, wrestling's where it's at and everything like that. So I thought, well, I have one year left of high school And I'm gonna wanna get into MMA eventually, as far as like training or competing with other girls. You would randomly see like one or two girls from other schools and things like that. But I also was no stranger to like being surrounded by boys my whole life. I actually really started to feel like a pull from the team because I was actually doing really well. Now that she was beating up on high school
1: boys, her skill was impossible to overlook. A friend encouraged her to train at Rufus Sport more regularly during her senior year.
0: Well, when I first started going to Dukes, so I was really like to myself, like I didn't really care about getting to know anybody. I was just like, I think I'm a mostly shy person anyways. So I just kind of like did my work, left. I was like 17, 18. And then that's when I met guys like Pat Berry, Anthony Pettis. Once I got to Rufus Sport, it was like, wow, this feels like a winning team.
1: Her skill both on her feet and on the mat earned her a spot on the fight team. All of a sudden, Thug Rose was practicing with established UFC stars like the Pettis Brothers, who just happened to train at her gym. She also started working with a kickboxer named Pat Barry.
0: Sergio was like a great training partner because he's like closer to my size. And then Pat was kind of giving me some guidance as well. And Duke was sort of like the head of the team, but he, you know, he had all his other... People, and he was obviously very close with Anthony. But I definitely connected way more with Pat. I actually had an MMA fight once I turned 18 and then that's when Duke and Pat were in my corner. And then from there, Pat and I really started to connect more and more. Remember the whole nature-nurture
1: thing with Rose? Well, to this point, a lot of the success in Rose's life could be attributed to her amazing natural gifts combined with her desire to compete and win nature. But finally, at Rufus Sports, she met some people who would help her evolve from Thug Rose from the Block to future UFC star, Nurture.
0: And there was something about this Pat Berry guy. I learned a lot from him and just like his style and everything. He's like a very, like a counterfighter, but he's like a pressure counterfighter. Like he looks like he's a very aggressive striker, but he's just waiting for you to throw at him, right? And so that's kind of something that I started implementing in my game. Pat and Rose became inseparable. He was an MMA fighter himself, but he could sense his career was winding down and Rose's was just beginning. He knew that this is time to pass the torch and he knew that he could really help me. And he, you know, he's taught me a lot. And even from all of his successes and his failures, it's been a huge blessing because not a lot of fighters have that They have the coaches, but do they have the other fighters that they can learn from that are in that transition phase to to being a coach, you know, going from a fighter to a coach has gotta be one of the toughest things to do. Then, I know, we just became friends and then from there, fell in love.
1: Rose and Pat's work together paid off right away. Eventually, she
0: took her first amateur fight with Pat in her corner. Here's what she remembers. I won, yeah, it was good. (laughs) You know, it was pretty quick, it in the first round too. The amount of nervousness that I had back then was still the same that I do have now. But it's just funny, like, what was I worried about back then? (laughs) I mean, because a fight's a fight, right? It doesn't matter if it's like backyard or in front of millions of people. Rose knew at this point
1: she had what it took to go pro, but she didn't expect to find a life partner who was willing
0: to drop everything in pursuit of her dreams. Honestly, I, I never really even thought about having a relationship with anybody until I had my career straight, until I, like, focused on that. So to fall in love with somebody and then for somebody to say to take care of me like that, like, that was sort of unexpected. After four amateur fights,
1: all wins, Rose would soon get used to hearing Bruce Buffer calling her name. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing first... Fighting Out of the blue corner, she stands, five feet, five inches tall, weighing in at 116 pounds, presenting Pug Rose Namoruda! When Rose was just 22 years old, she earned a title fight against Carla Esparza for the inaugural UFC Women's Strawweight Championship. She wound up losing that fight. She still had some growing to do before she would be able to call herself champion. But after wins over the likes of Angela Hill, Michelle Watterson, and Tisha Torres, she earned a shot against champion Joanna Janjacek. But her next opponent would try to use the adversity she overcame in her life against her. Fight Week, October 2017. Rose Namajunas was gearing up to fight Joanna Janjacek for the strawweight championship at Madison Square Garden. Ioana was 14-0. People were talking about her as one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time, male or female. Each of her fights showed a mastery of striking not previously seen in women's MMA. It felt like Ioana had been a champion as long as Rose had been alive. Rose looked up to Ioana, and she was no stranger to shit talk. But Rose found fresh motivation when Ioana said this.
0: You know what? You are not stronger mentally. You are mentally unstable, and you are broken already. And I will break you in the fight. I think there's a lot of mental instability in this in this whole country, and I think that that's a great reason to fight and a great reason. to This country has been amazing to me. I think you have some personal problems, and I will I will show you what's your problem. Okay? You're never gonna be a champion.
1: Well, this went beyond normal pre-fight banter for one reason. Rose had been open about her battles with mental health leading up to the fight. She was also very candid about her father's battles with schizophrenia and how it impacted her family. So when the champion called Rose mentally unstable, she saw it as a direct dig at her family history. But it wasn't
0: the first time a kind of remark
1: like this set her off.
0: Before that, Pat called me mentally unstable. (laughs) And so I was like, I got so mad. I got so offended. I was like, you know, and in all actuality, like he was right, but he was also wrong. And so I got so mad. So I like, I just, whenever I get mad at something or something, I just, I just start running. Rose eventually learned a lot from this moment and it
1: shaped her perception of mental health and how to win fights.
0: It's like nobody's just strong or weak. It's like you might have a strong bicep or, you know, you have certain imbalances, right? And so, you know, maybe my legs need to be a little, you know, I need to do some squats or something. So the same thing goes with your mind, right? But the main thing that I really needed to focus on was those negative voices. And I needed to personify that. I needed to give that negative voice a character because... I ended up calling her Neggy Nunez because she is negative and she kicks my ass more than anybody that I face in the octagon. So that if I just keep Neggy Nunez in check, there is nobody that can give me as many challenges as her.
1: Once Rose figured out that Negi Nunez was the main thing standing in her way, her fights became much easier. That meant Joanna Jacek was light work. Oh, another Rose you're trying to close the show. Rose had made it. She would successfully defend her belt after defeating Ioana a second time. After coming up short in her second title defense against Jessica Andrade, she avenged that loss a year later, earning herself another chance at UFC gold. And here's what happened when she faced Yang Wei Li in April 2021 for the belt. <laughs> Rose became the first female champion in UFC history to lose the belt, but then regain it after that first round win. At just 29 years of age, Rose's story is far from over. She's working hard to maintain balance in her own life, knowing it will all pay off in the octagon
0: fear is a huge driving force but it's also a negative force and so like you want to change that I was always told like don't waste your time and don't you know be caught around the wrong people right so that's like a very negative statement it's like don't waste your time if you think about it I mean yeah you don't want to waste your time of course but what do you want because if you focus on what you don't want you're in a fearful state and then you can't really think straight so what is it that you do want Well, I want to focus on things that I love, finding my passion or pursuing my purpose with passion, finding my purpose. She's practicing what she preaches. Every day, Rose starts
1: with positive affirmations.
0: My positive affirmations are like drinking water, taking my vitamin C, doing my stretches and my breathing, my prayers, like it's one of those constants in my life that I have to, maybe I'm not always perfect on, but like I really notice a difference when I do those things. Actually, now I do my affirmations in Lithuanian too, so I try to do a little bit every day. These affirmations have helped Rose accept herself, and they've also connected her to her Lithuanian heritage. I've been saying it with my mom every morning because I'm like, it also helps her too. My mom, obviously, like, she would rather have me been a ballerina. (laughs) My family in Lithuania was definitely not approving of that at the time, like, because the culture there is a little more older, and it's just more of a man sport, right? So that's kind of the line of thinking, especially with my grandmothers. Even though my grandma still doesn't like me getting my face punched and everything like that, like she hates it, but <laughs> she she's like, okay, it's fine.
1: Would you give me an example of an affirmation you you do, but in Lithuanian?
0: I actually have them written down. Let me pull it up real quick. ira diano mano
1: So was it nature or nurture that got Rose Namajunas to the top? How did Rose become a fighter? Well, her Lithuanian heritage and her experience as a child of immigrants in a rough neighborhood certainly shaped her. And then her family, Pat Barry, her coaches, and all the other support systems in her life certainly elevated her. Rose could have done just about anything, but this, this is what she chooses. She is an example of how self-belief, perseverance, and dedication can help create a life once thought to only exist within the imagination. Rose, whether she realizes it or not, is a beautiful example to so many. Life during her younger years wasn't necessarily a storybook fairy tale. But she overcame the odds, and she. she became the damn queen. Thank you so much for listening to Becoming a Fighter. Thanks to Rose Nami Yunus for telling her story. And of course, to all of you for listening. Until next time, I'm Megan O'Leavy. Thanks for tuning
0: in.